Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Hearn and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? Denise Salcedo, the great British slang expert. That too. That's my new, that's even my new name. I'm going to study up on this. That is so good. Also, because like the way you phrase that, it's almost like, um, you know, the great British Bake Off. Uh, here I've in the seen UK. the show on Netflix, but I haven't really yeah, yeah. seen the show. Oh, dude, it's it's the best show that this country has ever produced in, in all of its many years uh, of being, you know, of, of all of our many years of broadcasting, we've never done anything quite as good as The Great British Bake Off. It is a wonderful <laughs> TV show. But because you just said then The Great British Slang Expert, and I'm like, maybe that's the new show. Because, so when, when Bake Off became a big hit here, every TV company tried to find their Bake Off. So they tried to find their next very twee British thing to be like and now that's going to be the new bake-off so we had like uh, the great british sewing bee we've had um like the great Wait, british sewing like they were sewing clothes yeah yeah like like yeah, yeah like sewing and like oh. making like patchwork things for like through sewing um we've had watercolors uh like you know the next like great british watercolor artist um what's the other one we've had oh we've just had like flower arranging and stuff like that we've just like managed to find like these very twee british things and try and make whole shows out of them that's pretty crazy, but <laughs> I feel like there's so many game shows. I mean, not, 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 are they called game? Are they game? They're game shows because I've watched like Cupcake Wars and all of that. But then I've seen yeah. like the Ink Master shows. I've seen like the all of the ones where whatever, like they come up with all of these crazy things. And every time I think that all the ideas have taken, then they come up with the Great British Sewing Show. <laughs> And the watercolors. I don't think I would be interested in the watercolors one, to be honest. Yeah, I've, I've not really watched many of them. But anyway, uh, we need to get into the show itself. Uh, we're talking about AEW and people's criticisms that they are becoming WWE. Here is the show.
Salcedo, the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment. How are you doing, Denise? I love being here each and every single Friday. It's my favorite day of the week. Oh, thank you so much. Even more than doing the Raw review with Sean. Are you sure? Sean bullies me every single week. So you know what? I prefer to be here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't steal your identity and make you vote for Kanye West or anything. Exactly. Thank you so much. By the way, I did use my uh, British slang. I used Meg. I, I heard. Meg head. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, I'm sorry. can't <laughs> believe Sean totally no-sold it. I was so disappointed in him. I was yeah. so sad too. I like I had almost forgotten and then something triggered my memory and I was like, oh my God, this is it. I got to do it. And then I had my moment and he no sold me and I was like very disappointed. But the pants one, I think worked a little bit more. I was like, raw as pants. I couldn't think <laughs> like my book, my sentence structure became very, very simple. It was so funny listening to the podcast. You literally hear like the penny drop of you just going like, oh, I remembered I need to do British slang. Yes. And I was going to do like a post-it and put it on my computer to remember. But it was like so many days before we actually got to doing the Raw Post show. So I almost forgot. But here's the thing. Luke, the people are turning on you. The people of WrestleTalk are turning on you. I got a DM from somebody, a viewer of our show that told what? me not to listen to you that smeg is not that smeg is not a good slang word to use and that no one uses it i literally got a dm what i mean do you know what like there were so many messages that i got from people being like you know what smeg means right and i was like guys it's not the same thing it's not a shortened version of smegma doug naylor has been on record so many times saying they didn't know about that it's literally just a made-up word to replace no. a square word it's got nothing to do with with smegma it's got absolutely there's no connection between it but also that guy's wrong that so guy, this is what he said i won't say his name i won't <laughs> i won't snitch here completely he said hello denise do not believe lukewarm luke owen no one that is cool says smeg <sighs> in the uk what? The people are turning on you, Luke. I Someone felt the need to DM you this <laughs> and it made my day. And I was going to send it to you, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring it up on the air. Disappointed I am. Disappointed. I mean, And I also I mean, had somebody, sorry, somebody also sent me a DM too with a full list and links of British slang. So like people were very, very like helping me out with this. Okay, continue. Well, I was going to say, that's good. That's a good thing. I'm glad someone's got in touch to give you probably a better list of uh, British slang than I've got. But man, are people not using Smeg anymore? Am I stuck in 1992? Like, have, have I just not moved on with the times? I don't think you've moved on, Luke. This is it. Oh, man. But that's I'm so using old. Smeg now, so... There you go. It just I'm, got I'm here for the States. <laughs> me and you, Denise, we're going to take Smeg back. It's now going to take over the US as well. The hardest working woman, the hardest working person in all the sports infotainment is going to be using Smeg. Everyone should be using it. Right. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about AEW. It was an interesting week for AEW because, you know, it's their, the one year anniversary of them being on Dynamite. The company's been around for nearly two years at this point. And... I feel like every single Thursday, I wake up to messages from people. And when we do the post show, um, the review with Ollie Davis, and I look at the comments, we look at the live chat coming in. Every single week, 
there are people and it's always different people saying like this company is becoming wwe this company is becoming it's just tna again like they're not their own thing there's this that and the other and people tend to look at the fact that all of their men's champions are former wwe guys in moxley cody and ftr um and the the rematches, like we, we had uh, Orange Cassidy lose to Brody Lee and then got another TNT title match two weeks later against uh, Cody, and he's getting another one in two weeks' time. People are talking about the the mistreatment of Miro and the complete bot. Like well, some people are saying that they're botching uh, his debut, and that's a very WWE thing to do. And I, I just find it very interesting that, uh, particularly after the, the, the Tom Bowler segment on this week's show, where they drew out four names at random for this tag match. It was I mean, it was a bad segment, really, really bad. And see, I, I mean, Louis Nugget, Quizzlemania champion Nugget, left us a message on our Discord that called it Wednesday Night Raw, which I thought was it was a, a heck of a statement to say, possibly a bit idiotic, but a heck of a statement to say. I do you think that that AEW is in danger of becoming WWE? So I wouldn't necessarily say in danger because. I, from a start, have been seeing a lot of similarities between AEW and WWE in terms of I think that AEW sort of hyped themselves up too much to be uh, the alternative to WWE. In the beginning, they were really pitching themselves as a sport. And they said they were going to be different from WWE. So I think people really expected, uh, you know, just something new, something that nobody else was doing, something that WWE clearly wasn't doing. If anything, maybe even when you think of sport, you think of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So maybe even something like that. However, since the beginning, I have been noticing a lot of similarities to WWE where I'm like, okay, this isn't necessarily an alternative to WWE. It's an, a different version of WWE per se. But I feel that the whole social media thing with WWE fans versus AEW fans, where if you criticize AEW, all of a sudden, oh, well, you're anti-AEW and you want the business to fail and, you know, you're a hater and you're this. But that's not necessarily the case because, you know, you can be a fan of something but still critique it as we do WWE. And it's even too vice versa. You know, you have a lot of people that are AEW fans and they, you know, trash on everything that WWE does. But then they also act like AEW is perfect and that's not the case because no company is perfect and you know as somebody like you and i we watch each and every single show and so when you're watching every show you really start to see the similarities and the differences between them and so i wouldn't say in danger i would say that they are already doing a lot of stuff that is similar to wwe which can be good but at the same time it can be bad and speaking of that segment where they did the, you know, spin the wheel or whatever the little thing is called, I don't know what that is called. I need to Google that. Well, I, I mean, here in the UK, we would call that a tombola. I don't know if that's what you guys would call it in the States, but it's, oh, but it's a tombola know. here. Okay, it's, I just you, call it you, the same thing. You usually get it at Village Fates and like uh, you would spin the tombola, draw it out. It's like, ah, oh, number 54, you win a can of beans. Okay, yeah, like something you would do like at the bingo hall or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's the way yeah, I yeah. see it. That was very, very uh, 
not like I'm not gonna say oh my god I was so upset about it because I wasn't but I did think that it was very very dumb and I went up on Twitter and that was the first thing that I said what is the point of these rankings that AEW has and that they mention each and every single week what is the point of that if the four teams and I had this in my notes and let me see if I can pull this up right now but I'm looking at the teams that were draft that were selected for the fatal four-way and they were one second I'm trying to find the actual uh thing here that I had okay here we go here we go so the teams that were chosen were private party private party is not ranked in the top five not not ranked John Silver Alex Reynolds not ranked whatsoever Butcher and the Blade okay they're ranked at number four that's fine Young Bucks ranked at number two that's fine but then you look at teams like Natural Nightmares which are ranked at number three they should be upset Santana and Ortiz ranked at number five. They too should be upset. And it's not like even like, oh, they had to win, but it just doesn't make sense to have, you know, to have these luck of the draw stuff that they're essentially completely ignoring the the rankings. Yeah, I, I totally did not get that segment. Like of all the things I think to, to complain about from this week's AEW, that is the segment right there. I thought it was a mess of a segment. I thought it was poorly staged. It was poorly filmed. It was poorly put together. And it makes zero sense in the grand scheme of things, as you say, because you've got, you've got rankings. You've literally got rankings to sort this out, to kind of like determine this. Best friends lose their match. Cool. So the other four teams in the rankings then make up that fatal four-way to get the shot at, at the, the, the tag titles at full gear, right? Like that that there makes sense. To draw it at Tombola, like I, I, I made this comparison to Ollie on yesterday's review. Do you remember that, that old TNA match, the Feast or Fired thing? Where, yes. Like, <laughs> Or like, you know, hey, if you open up this box, you may become the women's champion. It's like, okay, cool. So I've got four chances of being, or I may lose my job. Why would I want to be part of this match? Like, it, I, I don't, I didn't get it. I really, really did not like that segment. In, in sort of like response to the question of like, is AEW in danger of becoming WWE? I, I, I do agree with a lot of the things that you have said there. And like the, the toxic fandom that has come out in like this since the Wednesday Night War started last year has been like, un, I, I, I look back to last October and me and Ollie like on a weekly basis was telling people, guys, you don't have to pick a side. You can enjoy both shows. You can like one and not like the other. And that's also fine. But don't like rag on the other one and act like the other, you know, the one you like is is superior. And I think if you're an NXT fan, you think that AEW fans are the absolute worst. We've had a lot of messages from people saying, like, AEW fans are terrible. Like they're just they're so mean, they're so toxic, this and the other. But we also get messages from AEW fans that are just like WWE fans are the worst. They're so toxic, they're terrible. It's like, guys, we like wrestling. Like, let's just all get along and enjoy the wrestling. And I think this sort of like this this toxic fandom and this like you have to pick a side has made all of this really bad. And AEW is an interesting company in that it's the first major wrestling promotion that has been started in an era of real social media. When TNA first launched, social media was very much in its infancy. Facebook was barely, a th- you know, I mean, 2002, like Facebook wasn't even a thing at that point. And even when it started to grow big, Facebook was in its infancy. There was no Twitter. YouTube wasn't really much of a thing either. AEW has been launched in an era when Facebook is one of the biggest companies on the planet. Twitter is this huge thing. Instagram's this huge thing. YouTube's this huge thing. So they are put under such a microscope that if they don't put on a perfect show every single week, that is when I get the messages from people being like, this company's dead, this company's dying, 
look at this segment they're becoming wwe this is bad this is bad and this is bad so it's it's i just find it very very interesting and I think part of it is that, you know, social commentary, like you just said, everybody's on Twitter and I'm guilty. I'm that person that's like, oh, this after, this is awful. Or, or I mean, yeah. I won't be that this, hard. This is my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But see, I try to be fair because to be honest, you know, watching if I'm going to compare AEW versus NXT, there are there have been very many weeks, a lot of weeks where I enjoyed AEW more. And I if I'm going to call myself, you know, a fan of a certain company, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, I'm a WWE fan because that's just been, you know, my lifelong thing. But with that being said, being a lifelong WWE fan doesn't mean that I can't enjoy AEW Dynamite more certain weeks than I am enjoying NXT. And that's not to say, oh, I'm not, I'm going to stop watching NXT or I'm never going to watch it again. No, you know what? AEW put on a better show this week. So that's what it is. And I think that a lot of people have a hard time seeing that. And I think nowadays mm -hmm. in social media, everyone, and I see it all over, whether it's like Stan Twitter, if you're a fan of, you know, I don't know who, if you're a fan of some artist, you can't be a fan of another artist. And that's just crazy to me. And I, you know, always saw that in that sense. And now it's in the wrestling world where it's like, oh, well, you got to be a fan of this and you can't judge. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. really. It it really is crazy. And like the, so Cody was asked about this uh, recently in an interview. Uh, someone, you know, asked him, uh, talked about the AEW anniversary. All your top male champions, all your male champions, with the exception of Brian Cage, are ex-WWE guys. Cody had this to say, you, excuse me, you don't put someone in a box based on the beginning of their career. That's the point of pro sports and the arts. You can completely combine them in this regard. If this is your life's work and you work on it every day, the individual that was Luke Harper in WWE, Mr. Brody Lee, that individual has grown as a wrestler. He's become, he's better bell to bell. He's considerably better on the mic. He's learned more experience, experience, experience. It's weird. In wrestling, people like to keep you confined to where you were. And I don't believe in that. I simply believe in growing. And I think that is a, it's a, a certainly a fan perception. You know, there's a difference between a fan perception there and a wrestler's perception that there will be certain fans that will just look at AEW and be like, your champions are all ex-WWE guys in Cody, in uh, Moxley, in FTR. Whereas someone else might look at it and be like, oh man, finally, these guys are being given a chance. FTR are being given so much more of a chance here than they ever were in WWE, which I, I certainly agree with. And I think Moxley is doing, Moxley's year in AEW has been infinitely better than pretty much every year he had in wwe outside of that first year of the shield so i kind of look at it from that perspective but you can't deny that it, it's not the best look in the world when you are saying you're presenting yourself as this alternative to wwe and all of your champions are ex-wwe guys yeah and see i agree with you in the sense where it's like oh he you know Brody Lee didn't necessarily get a chance, you know, you could have never said, oh, Luke Harper is going to be, you know, a world champion. I mean, would you have said that when he was in WWE? Definitely not. He should have 100% been part of that WrestleMania 33 WWE title picture with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. That like, I, I will die on that hill. That should have been a triple threat match. And we wouldn't have then got the, the projected bugs on, on the ring. It would have been a much better match if it had been a triple threat. 
But in terms of like how he was booked, though, I don't think oh, anyone would have, have guessed. Champion. Exactly. No. Nobody would have guessed that he'd be a champion. Like that's that's just the honest truth. So I do agree with, I mean, Mr. Brody Lee, what he's been doing on AEW Dynamite, he's actually one of my favorite consistent people each and every single week on the show. So I can definitely argue that, yeah, he is doing something different. So that is why he should have the bout or whatever. But it is hard to completely agree with that statement because like you said, there is a lot of WWE people. And when they're constantly throwing shots at WWE, but then your champions are all former WWE wrestlers or people get hired necessarily just because they were in WWE. And you see that, you see that in the commentary team, you see that in the announcers, you see it in so much that sometimes it feels like, okay, well, you were in WWE, it didn't work out let's come on over and have you be on here uh i think we do see a lot of that and that's that is hard to ignore yeah and that's when i think the the comparisons to tna uh certainly come in because you know i get messages from people every single week on twitter there's just like this is tna all over again tna's biggest thing that they were guilty of 10 years ago 10 what 10 plus years ago at this point christ i'm old is that they would always bring in WWE guys, ex-WWE guys, and then push them above their homegrown talent. That was always the complaint against them. AJ Styles was their homegrown boy, and we're pushing Christian and we're pushing Kurt Angle over uh, AJ Styles, which I kind of sort of always like half like I always it always bugged me that Angle beat Joe in their first match. I think the match, I think their feud would have been so much better if Joe had won that first match. I also think it would have made a hell hell of a statement that Samoa Joe beat Kurt Angle in in like Angle's de- uh, TNA debut. So and I and I so I do kind of get it, and I also think AEW, like you said as well, are victims of their own hype at times because they put a lot of pyro and ballyhoo that we're going to be this, we're going to be that. Particularly when they, you know, Brandy Rhodes said we're going to have the best women's division on the planet, and here we are, you know, nearly two years into this company, and I can't name a single good women's storyline that this company has put on. If anything, if you're going to compare it to all the other women's division, I would say it's the worst women's division. Oh, easily it's the worst. Like, it's it's got a worse women's division than New Japan, and New Japan don't even have one. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> that's a big statement right there that's a big statement but at least new japan aren't pretending that they've got one like AEW are just sitting there going like you know we've got a women's division have you though like have you really yes it just it doesn't look good it it doesn't look good if you're gonna say you're gonna do something do it or at least put in as much effort as you possibly can yeah i I mean i've said my piece on the yesterday but but like I I said yesterday, I was like, why did you start a program between um, Shida and Thunder Rosa? Like, I feel like that, if you're going to do Shida Thunder Rosa 2 at uh, Revolution, or Full Gear rather, like that feud feels like it's now cold because Thunder Rosa's not been on TV for a couple of weeks. And someone said like, ah, well, she's got to go back to Mexico and run her own promotion. And I'm like, cool, then don't start the angle now. Like, don't start it and then let it go cold. And then just a couple of weeks later, it's the Riho argument all over again. Ah, well, they couldn't put Rio on TV because she had to go back to start for two months. Don't put the belt on her then. Don't give her the title if she's not going to be on TV for two months because it devalues the belt. Well, I actually have a, not a scoop, but I have something to add to that because I did talk to Thunder Rosa just this week and she was asked about this, the AEW, NWA, you know, partnership and whatnot. And she said, I am literally just waiting by the phone for them to call me and tell me when they want me. So it's none of this other stuff. It's literally, they haven't called her. They haven't said, hey, come on over. Let's use you. 
That is what she said on the podcast and basically alluded to the fact that she is waiting for them to say, hey, come on over, Thunder Rosa, and let's do something. And so that kind of, you know, answers your question in terms of, you know, they started this feud. So where's the big exclamation point at the end of this rainbow? We don't know. Absolutely don't know. Is that like that is a damning indictment of, of AEW? It really, really is. Um, all right, on to the ratings for both shows. Um, they both did fairly well yesterday. AEW was up nearly 10% with 826,000 viewers. NXT was also up by about 2% to 651,000 viewers. However, because of the Supreme Court nominee hearings and the coverage of that, both numbers were down in the 18 to 49 demo. Uh, Dynamite channel at 15th with a 0.3, uh, uh, which was down from last week. NXT didn't even break into the top 50 of the 18 to 49 demographic, which means that it actually took longer to find out what their overall viewership was. But I I thought that AEW was a a decent show this week, and uh, I thought NXT did some pretty good stuff as well. They did, but you know what the problem was? They didn't promote that much going into NXT. I, you know, was preparing for my show and I I like to go ahead and, you know, see what is announced ahead of time to just sort of give me an idea of what I'm talking about for that day. And I went on to AEW Dynamite and I was like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. This is the bullet point. Okay, great. I went on to NXT's Twitter page and there wasn't much of anything announced on there. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not even going to include that on the thumbnail, but it's just kind of like, you know, I think that they have to promote a lot heavier and they are really great at promoting like look at halloween havoc like i'm excited if halloween havoc doesn't beat AEW that week then i will be surprised because not only is it you know something that people are you know looking forward to but they are doing heavy promotion for it so i do think that promotion is very important Oh, yeah, no, 100%. And I think NXT is sort of in a bit of a, a tough position at the moment because the champion might be out injured again. And like, oof, man, that belt is is having a rough old go of it at the moment. And like I was, the wrestling observer Ray of Meltzer was saying uh, that, you know, they don't want to take the title off of Finn because they literally just did that with Karrion Cross. And I think if, you know, if they hadn't have taken it off Karrion Cross, then we probably would have seen it taken off of Finn at this point because we don't know how long he's going to be out for. And that just, oh man, sucks for Balor. And it really sucks for NXT as well to like two champions that you've got that you've just crowned instantly have to go out with injuries. It's so weird too, because NXT has such a big roster and they have a lot of talent that hasn't even really, you know, hasn't even been put on NXT TV, but at the same time, it feels like right now the roster is really, really thin. So it's, it's like, you know, there's people, but at the same time, it's like, who's there? You know, we don't know. (laughs) So I kind of feel like we need to start seeing some new faces because a lot of the people that we're seeing right now just really aren't cutting it. You know, I mentioned that Dexter Loomis is one of the guys that they're pushing, but he has kind of dried out a little bit. He hasn't really brought anything extra to the table that really draws people's attention. They're putting a big focal point on Austin Theory, but I mean, he's kind of just there. He's having good matches, but what else? What else is there? You know, you know, you need a little bit more. So, you know, unfortunately, Rich Holland getting injured was not a good thing because he was one of those people where I was hyped and excited for like instantaneously when he came out I was like this guy I'm gonna be a fan of his yeah no totally it really sucks for Ridge Holland really really sucks for him push Kushida is what I will say and I will say it each and every single week push Kushida here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about the best board games your money can buy. Do you not like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about why you're fucking wrong. If the only game you've played is Monopoly, a bad game, with your family, a bad family, we're here to show you all the good times you and your friends are missing out on. We'll teach you the different types of board games out there, great ones to start your collection, how to host games nights, how to teach your friends rules, we'll have deep dives into classic games, crazy stories from board gaming history, drunk board gaming, and so much more. At Phenomenerds, we consider it our sacred duty to get you into the greatest hobby in the world, no matter what level you currently are. So subscribe to Phenomenerds now and get on board. Let's get into the mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag to me and Denise, all you got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount uh, and leave a comment in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job, guys. And I know that some people tried to email me this week and I did lose them. I'm bad at my job. In the community tab, folks, Kid Gaskin says, do you think AEW would ever do a G1 style tournament in the future? I think, okay, so we had this question last week, but it was with WWE, or I think it was with NXT in in particular, right? Um, I, I would say it's the same thing with all American wrestling companies. I don't see it happening just because, you know, uh, New Japan doesn't do big singles matches. So again, you still have those rarities where you're like, oh my God, like we're seeing this person versus this person for the first time ever, or maybe even just like the second time ever versus, you know, AEW and WWE, we're seeing continuous, continuously the same matches. And with AEW, I mean, look at them. We're just seeing, we're going to see another rematch of Cody and uh, Orange Cassidy. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it just, it doesn't work. I don't think. 
Yeah, I, I think that we're likely we're more likely to see it in AEW. I think if anything, AEW shows that they bloody love a tournament. Uh, so I think that we will likely see one in, in, at some point. But I think they would wait until the time is right to do one until like it can sort of mean something. I'm I'm actually surprised. I mean, obviously they wouldn't do one now because they don't want to run one against the G1. But I I think next year in 2021 we could likely see one. Um, Brian Higgins says, I just came across a video of the WWE watch long for Hell in a Cell 2019 to see X Pac's reaction to the Hell in a Cell finish, and Denise Salcedo is there with Hell in a Cell 2020 soon. Just curious, firstly, Denise, thoughts on last year's main event, and also what was everyone's reactions, opinions when the camera stopped rolling? Seems like only X Pac was honest, and everyone else was trying to be as diplomatic as possible. Jam that jam, give me a yes, please. I am very curious because I've actually never spoken to you about this either. All right. So how do I even begin to say this? You know, obviously <laughs> I was there as a guest. You're not, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm not X-Pac. I'm not Sean Waltman. I can't go out and express my opinions. No, I'm there as a guest. I'm there to, you know, ex, you know, help excite people. And, you know, I can't be like, oh, this is awful or anything like that. Uh, but in that moment, and there's this terrible face that I make, and it's just, oh my God. I don't know if you've seen the picture. I'll probably DM it to you. It's so embarrassing. Have oh, you seen dude, it? I, I, dude, I saw the clip. We actually had the clip on last, like when we were doing all of our coverage of last year's like Hell in a Cell, we were showing like the clips of X Pac losing his mind. It's just like, how do you have a freaking DQ in a Hell in a Cell? It's <laughs> like, oh, this, because I didn't know you at that point. I was like, oh, this poor woman that's there is just going to be like, hey, guys, let's just look at the story that's going on here. The referee's called for the bell. No, I was just, there's this like screenshot of me where I literally have like this ugly <laughs> thing. And it just looks really, I have the WTF face, but obviously I don't say anything because yeah. I'm on, you know, WWE TV. Know, I'm right? not going to be trashing them. That's just not going to happen. But unfortunately, my face said it all. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And like the only thing that I could add to that was, well, they're putting the cage up already. So it's done. With, like it's confirmed. But I think when Sean, you know, he went off and did his thing, Alice was kind of like, I don't even know. It was just this crazy moment where everything happened so fast. And even afterwards, I was talking with Sean about, you know, everything that went down. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, he was telling me, like, how his Twitter was blowing up. And in me, I mean, it was crazy. Okay. Yeah. Like, it was crazy the amount of attention that that watch along got. And it ended up being, like, the most popular watch along of all time the most talked about watch along of all time and it was just crazy that i happened to be part of it and at the same time it it, it wasn't necessarily an experience it's, it's it was a good experience in terms of everybody was talking about it but at the same time like i just like curse that face that i made where i'm like wtf is happening here because it was embarrassing and i didn't know i made that face until my uh fiance sent me a screenshot of it and then a couple of friends sent me the screenshot of it and i was like oh my god this is bad dude it's so funny though man i'm sorry but like it, I, I don't know it's bad for you and it's a bit embarrassing i was trying to make a good impression that's what it was I luke and my face didn't make a good impression <laughs> Do you know what, Denise? Like, I, I, I know I, I probably said this time. I thought you did a great job. I thought you did a really, really good job. I thought you were being very diplomatic about it. And I thought you were. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It was like, how do you react? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't. Oh, man. 
yeah no absolutely i it, i mean we we've got the freedom here on, on our channel we're not affiliated by wwe we're not working with wwe uh, we're not working with AEW as well uh, for the record a lot of people think that we are um so like when we do our live reactions and there's a finish like that we can do like the oh my god what in the heck was that but if you're in that room and you've got to be like Oh, I can't even imagine. I don't even know what I would do. I would probably pull the same face. I would have pulled the exact same face. <laughs> and then like for a split second, like you forget like what the heck? Because I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was so shocking, right? You know, you've been a fan forever and then this happens. I mean, it was horrible, but you know what? It was an experience. It was what it was. And I still treasure that experience because it was it was an awesome moment for me career-wise, even though I made that WTF face. Have you ever been asked to go back? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, oh my God. That's <laughs> And then even Sean was like, I don't care if you ask me not to be back here. And I'm like, I want to be back. <laughs> I, I want to be back though. <laughs> so I no, I have work, not asked you back. What? I need, the, I need the work, Sean. Don't drag yeah, me down seriously, with you. Seriously, I was I was about to start disassociating. I'm just kidding. But I mean, it was just a great weekend overall. You know, they they yeah. took care of me very nicely. They paid for everything, flight and hotel. So it was like a dream. And it was my first time going backstage too. So you know, you you see backstage, you know, on TV, but being there, it, it's different. And it was it was such an awesome experience. I'm so thankful for it. Uh, Robert Ray says, uh, Vince McMahon comes to you and says, Luke, Denise, you're both team captains and it's your job to build a team that's going to face each other at this year's Survivor Series. But the team has to be made up of the following. A wrestler, a singer, a movie star, an athlete from another sport, and a current person in your workplace. Uh, they, uh, If the wrestlers, the other wrestlers, so like, you know, singer, movie star, etc., cannot have any previous wrestling experience. For example, you can't pick The Rock as your movie star. So, okay. Oh, I can't pick The Rock? Okay, do you want to go first? Do you have your answers? Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm going to try and make this up as I go along here. But as my wrestler, I'm picking Keith Lee. Oh, okay. That's not a bad one. He's my boy. Oh, am I going to answer wrestler yeah, now? Oh, okay, is that what we're doing here? I wasn't sure if you were going to go down the yeah, list. No, we'll do it that way. Yeah, I pick, <laughs> okay. I've got my wrestler. You pick yours. Okay, so I guess for my wrestler, ooh, who do I want to go with? You know what? I'm going to go with – can it be from – wait, can it be from any company or are we doing just WWE? Oh, no, it could be from anywhere. Okay, if it's going to be from anywhere then, I'm going to go with Minoru Suzuki because I know it's going to be badass. Yeah, what I mean, wrestling's granddad, scariest granddad in the world. Uh, I don't think we need to have too much conversation about who your singer is going to be, right? We don't. We know the answer. You can answer yeah. for me this one, Luke. Yeah, okay. We're picking Taylor Swift. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, you see, if I was Sean, I'd have said Kanye West, but I'm not Sean. I'm a nice guy. So I would, I'm going to give you Tay-Tay. Um, I will remember okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Taylor Swift. Um, okay, I'm going to pick, like my favorite singer in the world is Mike Patton of Faith No More, but I'm going to pick Corey Taylor of slipknot fame because he is a wrestling fan and he's i mean he's like his whole deal he's just released a new solo album and he's got like a championship belt it's an ugly ass championship belt but he's got a championship belt that's kind of like part of his whole deal that he's doing uh, and i love Corey taylor so i'm gonna pick Corey taylor and his wild conspiracy theories uh, to be my singer wild conspiracy theories he's gonna have some good promos yeah uh movie star uh i'm gonna pick because I, I feel like I, I think one of the rules is that you need to have a woman on your team. You've got yours. 
I'm going to pick uh, Scarlett Johansson because she oh. is. Uh, do you know? No, scratch that. I'm going to pick Elizabeth Olsen instead. If I'm going to pick a different Avenger, I'm going to pick Elizabeth Olsen as my movie star. That's a good one. I like the direction you're going in. Because I was going to pick Liam Neeson because he does all the badass action movies. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stick with Liam Neeson because I just remembered he has a really good brain. So I feel like he would come up with some really good strategies. I'm sticking mm -hmm. with Liam Neeson. I like it. An athlete from another sport. Oh, this is where I'm going to really bow out because I don't know many other sports. <laughs> name many other people <laughs> oh my god uh you know what based on you know just drama i'm gonna go with conor mcgregor <laughs> <laughs> okay do you know what yeah absolutely that that's a great show uh because he's in the news a lot at the moment i'm gonna pick marcus rashford uh who is a uh, an english footballer who's doing amazing amazing campaign work here to make sure that kids get food and apparently that makes him a bad person in some people's eyes because oh this country's messed up denise but like denise is like like, like marcus rashford's going on this campaign to make sure like there are kids going hungry in this country like in england of all places you and know, people are mad and people are mad at him because he wants to, like, you know, give kids food. So I'm going to give Marcus Rashford the big platform at Survivor Series to get his message out, even though he's on a much bigger platform as it is playing football. Um, and a current person in your workplace. OK, which means I can't have Adam Blompier because he's got previous wrestling experience. Uh, he got beaten, you know, he got put through a table by Rampage Brown. Oh, um, I can't pick Sean either. He has prior wrestling yeah, experience. Probably, yeah. Um, who am I going to pick then? Can I I'm pick you? Pick... Yeah, I suppose you could do. Yeah, you could pick me. All right, I pick you. Oh, I mean, I'm the captain of one team and I'm on your team. <laughs> oh, wait, that's true. You're the captain. <laughs> wait, I didn't realize oh, we're I captains. Mean, hey, hey, I thought we were dude, just putting a team me. together. Dude, you can pick me if you, you want. I'm just going to lay down, I'm gonna lay down in the ring for one of my guys. There's <laughs> two of you. Do you not remember Quizzlemania? I do remember Quizzlemania. So I can have you as mine. There you go. I have my option. <laughs> The other Luke, um, only because he was so mad at me because I didn't pick him to win uh, win the six pack Wait, challenge. Wait, who was mad at you? Uh, Andy. I'm going to pick Andy to. He was mad at me too. Was he really? Yes, he like angry tweeted me. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, he messaged me on Discord. He like tweeted me. He sent me a text message, and I'm like, dude, you're way overthinking what it was. <laughs> like, it was a fake question about a fake situation. <laughs> and yeah, he was so mad about it. So I'm gonna pick Andy Datsun uh, to be oh, my guy on my team. Um, Ket says, "Hey guys, what's your favorite Shane McMahon match?" Okay, so obviously the first one that you think of is his backlash match with Kurt Angle, but I'm gonna pick a different one because I just remember really enjoying it and it was because i was there so maybe that helped but it was his wrestlemania 30 match thir thir wrestlemania 35 match with the miz i thought that was a oh. good, I that was a fun one dude i i will go that was the best match at that year's wrestlemania like i know kofi so and everything was great oh dude it was so much fun i had so much fun watching that match it was hilarious miz dad getting in the ring and putting the dukes up H hilarious god i loved it um yeah i mean i, I want to pick Shane versus Kurt at King of the Ring, because I feel like that is the obvious choice. But I mean, really, it's, it's Shane versus Vince at Mania X7. That match is... That match is a oh, master. damn. I met, I met King of the Ring, too, and I said backlash. I don't know <laughs> what I'm thinking. Sorry. <laughs> I was it, like, it was oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. My bad, guys. Um, Error. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, him versus Vince at Mania X7 is a masterpiece. Uh, it, it's a, a five-star classic. That is easily my pick. Uh, Chris Thorne says, uh, I've missed being a patron back a while on furlough. Well, glad to hear you're off furlough now, bud. Um, uh, do you think that Kyrie Sane was given an uneventful retirement from WWE because Vince was concerned she was going to pull a John Moxley? He lied about retiring before showing up in AEW and was the hottest thing in wrestling uh, alongside The Fiend for a couple of months. I think on this one that Vince never saw Kairi Sane as a star. And that's yeah. why she wasn't given a, a send-off is because he didn't really think much of her. That's exactly what I was just thinking right now. It's really just she wasn't a big star in his eyes. And yeah, she could have been great to all of us, whatever. But we're not Vince and we don't see her. If he didn't see her as a big star, she wasn't going to get a big you know, hoorah. I mean, look at Kurt Angle's retirement match, Baron Corbin, and that's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Oh, man, that retirement angle, like, that whole retirement storyline was so sad. Like, him just going out I and having those two-minute like matches real. on Raw. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of feel like it's not real? Like, oh, you're kidding us, right? Like, there's going to be a real, real that's, retirement match. Yeah. Every, like the lead up to that WrestleMania was so funny. Like looking back at it in hindsight as well, is every single week on Raw, me uh, in the Raw reviews, me and Ollie were just like, "Got this angle retirement is so sad." It's like he's going out and having these two minute matches on Raw, and they don't really mean much. And he's facing Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. Every single person kept in messaging and be going, "You guys are idiots. He's not going to face Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. He's never going to face Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. That will never be his retirement match. It's going to be John Cena. He's going to face John Cena, and then come WrestleMania." He did face Baron Corbin. It was a very, very bad match. And Baron Corbin won. Did you watch his uh, episode with Stone Cold on the Broken Skull Sessions? I haven't, no. Okay, so there's a spot where he, a moment where he says that he, when he was expecting, uh, accepting his Hall of Fame uh, moment, you know, when you all come out for WrestleMania and you have your little, you know, the Hall of Fame guys have their little moment. Apparently Vince told him that he was going to have fireworks. So he puts his hands up and no fireworks came out. And he said that he pretty much felt like a jackass, like putting his hands up and then no fireworks come out. I was like, man, can't anything go right for this guy? Why does WWE hate Kurt Angle so much? Like, I don't get, like, why do they hate him so much? How could they do that? Uh, my third favorite wrestler. God, I love Kurt Angle ridiculous uh dan says uh, hey guys how are you i hope you're having a wonderful day and you're doing just fine what match types in wwe uh have been ruined the most for you money in the bank helen sells six-man tag matches because at least for me it's the six-man tag match i couldn't care less about them unless it involves proper faction warfare uh, you've actually got mine listed there, Dan. It's it's Hell in a Cell. Like there was a period of time where, as a wrestling fan, I was like, "Oh, sweet Hell in a Cell! Cannot wait for that Hell in a Cell match." Man, the last I don't know ten years or so have made me really not like Hell in a Cell matches anymore. Now I kind of dread them a little bit. Kind of feels like a cage match now. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like a special thing anymore. It doesn't. Once they started overusing it, it really took away that, you know, specialness. I agree with the six-man tag. I agree with the Hell in a Cell. Um, I don't think there's anything else that, like, really, really irks me that I'm probably not thinking of right now. But I would definitely agree with you on the Hell in a Cell, especially because that was like a – you knew that if two guys were being booked for a Hell in a Cell – this was a legit feud. Like, okay, this is serious because they're going in a hell in a cell match. Now that element has been completely stripped away and it's not that important anymore. No, absolutely. Like you remember when, like when Cactus Jack 
called out Triple H and said, like, we're going to face in hell in a cell and I'm putting my career on the line. That was the biggest thing in right. Like, that was the most, the, that was the most important thing at that point. Uh, and you're like, oh, they're doing hell in a cell. I can't believe this. And even like, even on, in that year, they did another hell in a cell match in December. And I was still like, oh, they're doing hell in a cell again. Uh, <laughs> you're like, it's such a big deal. Like, it's such a big deal. It was a big deal. Andy Buckley says, uh, do you think they missed a trick uh, by actually drafting Sasha Banks? They could have left her undrafted and become a free agent, signed with SmackDown anyhow, because she wants to get a hold of Bailey. In turn, with Bailey being such a heel, she could have played on the fact that Sasha couldn't get drafted to prove that she is the better wrestlers and the authorities think so too. It would have really pushed Sasha as a baby face uh, even further. Any thoughts? I think there would have been a heck of a lot of backlash that Sasha did not get drafted. I think I think that people would have told WWE a new I taught WWE a new one because they didn't draft Andrade like if they had left like Sasha Banks off the pool I think people would have gone nuts. but Lars Sullivan got drafted yeah well Tyson and not Andrade even that even oh god uh so I went on a whole like Twitter spiel about this honestly Sasha Banks should have gone to Raw that's it she should have gone to Raw uh bailey should have been you know making fun of the fact that she never got her revenge that sasha banks never got her revenge and then from there i think my idea was to essentially have them have have sasha banks win the royal rumble to then lead to their wrestlemania match and then lance storm quote retweeted me and then he added that they should have both adding to my you know little plan that they should have both led their own respective teams at survivor series so oh, dude that'd have been great right so they could have done this a whole different way and now who knows what we're gonna get but uh yeah. they could have they could have definitely drafted her to raw uh, Flaming Clive says WWE wants to move out of the Thunderdome, which is fine to me, but they should save it for the big five pay-per-views. Get 10,000 packed houses for the Rumble, Mania, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series until COVID is over and done with. I do not want to watch a Royal Rumble without fans. It would just be very, very sad. Now, I thought I'd throw this to you because you and Sean were talking about this on the, the Raw review when you suddenly had this moment of realization of like, oh man, we might have a Royal Rumble without fans this year or, you know, coming up. Luke, I'm so depressed. Honestly, every time I think about this, I get really sad. And come on, like, what the hell? Like, just this, what was it, March? I was doing the interviews at SoFi Stadium because why? We were supposed to have WrestleMania 37 in freaking SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And it's been forever since LA has had a WrestleMania, which is crazy if you think about it. And so just the fact that that was erased, then we didn't have the WrestleMania Tampa, Tampa uh, Florida with, you know, people that was taken away from us too. And so, yeah, it sucks. I don't want to Royal Rumble without people because it would suck. But then again, we are in a pandemic we've never i've never experienced a pandemic in this lifetime and most of us have not and because of that the rules are tossed out and everything that we were used to is just not in anymore and to be honest when i saw that there might be or that there's a chance that wrestlemania in tampa is going to have a bunch of people uh at raymond j right was it raymond j raymond, raymond james right yeah raymond some raymond, raymond yeah, yeah. Uh, when they had a i don't know yeah. Well, when they were going to, isn't it Raymond James? Oh my gosh. I'm going to think about it afterwards, whatever. So when I found out that they were going to probably have, you know, all those people there, I just thought, oh my God, I cannot imagine risking myself to go and be with what 40, however many thousand people I can't do it. So I hope they don't, but yeah, I think they will. 
dude, I, I I couldn't believe it. When that news came out, they're just like, oh, they're opening up stadiums to full capacity. I was like, now? What, like, right? Like, in the middle of a pandemic? Are we are we sure that's the smartest thing to do? Like, that is, that's nuts, man. And like, apparently Vince is like, hey, brilliant. Now we can have WrestleMania with full fans again. I I know, not me. No, thanks, man. I'm not going. I don't th- I don't think I would go. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I would do, honestly. It's a very, yeah. very it's just it's not it's very unsafe. Yeah, yeah that's my uh, best wording. <laughs> unsafe. Andrew Donnelly uh says, uh, lots of people ask who's going from WWE to AEW, but who do you think will be the first person to jump from AEW to WWE? I in the past, when asked this question, have always said Wardlow. I've always said, like, he's the sort of guy that WWE would look at and be like, oh, he's a big lad. Let's get this Wardlow fella. I get what you mean in terms of size. Now, how about in terms of personality? MJF. MJF, right? NXT reject MJF. Yes. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good shout, yeah. Uh, And, uh, I mean, I don't think MJF will ever leave. Well, I mean, I can't say that because that might come back to bite me in the ass. He'll never leave AEW. And then in five years' time, he'll be like, remember this when you said this, you big idiot? Um, (laughs) uh, Andrew also asked if we're ever going to do WrestleTalk alternative commentaries to Royal Rumbles and classic matches. That is something that we've actually talked about in the past. Like, over the last few years, we've we've kind of talked about, like, other Patreon perks that we could do. We were like, hey, we'll just do commentary over matches. That'd be fun. Um, so that is something that we could possibly look at down the line. Uh, Alan, uh, Alan Monzoon says, Hey, Team Dominic, recently become a patron after being a long time Rust Talk viewer for a few years. I wanted to say thank you so much to both you and the rest of the Rust Talk team for the great content and effort that's been put into Rust Talk, parts of Unknown, Wrestle 2. Podcasts have been helping me keep up with what's going on in the world of wrestling as I don't usually have the time to sit down and watch it all live. My question is if you could start a brand like Royal Dynamite and have the option to draft three wrestlers and tag teams from AWWE, who would you draft for the following? Um, so, yeah, it's basically. You know, uh, who is your sort of picks to be uh, if you could start a brand? So we'll, uh, I-, I would draft, we'll just do sort of like one for each thing. So like a men's tag team. I am drafting the Young Bucks because they're the best tag team on the planet. I'm ta- I'm definitely picking Santana and Ortiz. Oh, so- how in the hell is Santana and Ortiz not featured more in Dynamite? It's ludicrous. Get them I've out gone of on like 15 rants about that. I've gone on like a million rants. I'm already, I'm ranted out on this. <laughs> uh, men's mid card. Hmm. Men's mid card. Oh, I'm Sami Zayn. I'm picking Sami Zayn. Icy champ Sami Zayn. That's my pick. Um, I know he's in a tag team, but I'm going to go with Jungle Boy. Oh, that's good. Good shout uh main event hmm, who's my main event pick that i'm gonna take main event uh i'm thinking <laughs> who do you I mean, have I, I mean if i'm picking the best brand possible surely i want to pick roman um but i'm yeah i'm gonna pick drew i'm gonna pick drew adam cole i'm gonna pick adam cole actually <laughs> I, 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 i've changed my mind instantly i'm picking adam cole well since you didn't pick drew i'll take drew <laughs> Uh, and women's main event star, taking Asuka, 100% Asuka. I'm going to take Rhea Ripley and make her into a goddamn star. Oh, and you, I'm going to push her to the moon. Denise, you don't even have to work that hard. She is a star. There you go. Do just make her more of a star than she already is. Uh, Kevin says, uh, I agree with you guys. Well, not Pete. Uh, on the fact that New Day splitting up is a good thing. I think that while they are still entertaining, the act has become a little bit stale. However, 
I think they should scrap this draft system and go back to the draft lottery, where you have interbrand nights on Raw and SmackDown, wrestlers having exhibition matches, and the winners getting to pick uh, on their brand. That would explain why tag teams and stables would have split, because it's random, and USA and Fox wouldn't look like complete idiots. What are your thoughts? It's simple. Each brand gets, I don't know, a certain number, 10 and 10. You make 10 of the best picks. Not everyone has to get drafted. You pick the best 10. And that's it. Yeah, dude, I, I I was saying like the only way that this New Day storyline would have made sense is if there was a heel authority figure that purposefully picked Big E and not Woods and Kofi to split the team up. And like, I think you get in a really fun storyline with that. But like them, they ha- they wanted to do it because they wanted it to be a moment where they were they were split up in the same draft pick, right? Right. But it, but it then makes no storyline sense because Woods and... Kofi got drafted first, which means that they were sort of picked above Big E, I guess, in a way. Like, it's, I, I, I get what they were going for. I just don't think it worked. It did not work at all. Big E needed to be picked away from New Day first before the, the tag champs got drafted. Either that or get them all together. It made no sense. The fact, the way they did it, I, it's weird. It's almost like maybe they didn't think about it because I can't think of you wanting to do that purposely. So who knows what happened there, but people were very, very upset about that. Like even more than I, than I imagined. Uh, Alex Kirkman says, will CM Punk wrestle for WWE again? Or do you think he'll wrestle for AEW? Do you think he'll ever step foot in the ring again? What's your personal and professional opinions? I, I love CM Punk. He's one of my faves of all time. He's one of my uh, heroes of wrestling. I don't want to see him step into the ring again because in this age of social media, it will never live up to expectations. Even if he goes out there and has a five-star match, people will absolutely crap all over it because they want it to be bad. And I don't want my Twitter feed to be filled with people telling me that it's bad when I really liked it. So I just rather it doesn't happen. Here's the thing. It's the I think the fact that he did the WWE backstage show, it really took a lot of that hype and momentum that he had because he, you know, he came out and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to break the internet, blah blah blah." And like a couple days later, no one was talking about that anymore. Yeah. Like it didn't necessarily I don't think it did the impact that we all thought that it was going to do. And I think that took a little bit of the momentum away had he came in toward AEW, heck, even Impact or, you know, WWE, whatever he would have gone to. It really took away from that. I do think we will see him in WWE again sometime in the future. I don't know in what capacity, but I do think we'll see him in the ring. And I don't think we'd see him in AEW because I do feel like he had the opportunity. And I know there was some, you know, not so pleasant things that Punk said about how Tony Khan and the Bucks and Cody were all handling business. So that was a little bit interesting to read. And so with that, because of that, I almost feel like that opportunity has sort of just floated away. Yeah, no, agreed. Completely agreed on that one. I think I think the the AEW tree, the AEW bridge might have already been burnt. Um, Brian He says, "Hey, Team Danuk, just wanted to get your guys' uh, saddest kayfabe wrestling moments." Oh, I mean, I kind of mentioned it then. It, it's a uh, Cactus Jack retiring. I get—I didn't want Cactus Jack to retire. I Did was you so cry? I, 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 well, in a little bit. I was like, no, I wanted him to win. I wanted him to beat Triple H because he's a dick, and I want Cactus <laughs> Jack to win. He's cool. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, saddest kayfabe moment. All right, this is really embarrassing, and I don't think I've ever shared this story. Now I have Ooh, so many of these exclusive. terrible. This is an exclusive. 
Um, God, okay, there was a Raw where Jericho, God, I forgot who he lost to. It might have been John Cena, but he lost to somebody, and Eric Bischoff fired him. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was real because, you know, I was a lot younger then. And I thought Chris Jericho, oh, my God, my favorite wrestler has been fired. And he was on his knees begging Bischoff to give him his job back. And please, please don't fire me. Luke, I'm not lying to you when I say that I was bawling tears. And I mean, like, full on crying. It gets worse. worse. Right before going to bed, I prayed. I prayed for Jericho and his family. I prayed that he would find a job. I prayed that they didn't lose food off their table. I'm not like I was so gullible and really believed everything that I saw on TV and Jericho being my favorite wrestler and losing his job really, really hurt me. And I felt like such a loser when I found out that all of that wasn't real. Okay. It wasn't real. Jericho went on and, you know, did his Fozzie or whatever he was doing at the time. But I was like crying like if someone died. Oh, Denise, that is amazing. That is such a wonderful story. You're one of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, Dustin says, hey, everyone at Rest Talk. I had a lot of dead time at work lately, and I've been filling uh, some of it by watching old WrestleTalk podcasts from 2018. In your July 17th SmackDown review, Luke and Ollie had a great debate over whether or not Andrade's match with AJ Styles made him a star. Luke said it did. Ollie disagreed. Two questions. Do you remember this? And do you think that Andrade will ever be on AJ's level? Well, uh, Dustin, I do remember this because Ollie will never let me live it down. Uh, I went on this like, I was like, that was it. Andrade's star is made in that match with AJ Styles. Like it was a losing effort, but I was like, that that's all he needed. He needed that one really good match in the main roster. And that dude is going straight to the top. This is the, this is the moment. And Ollie looked at me and was like, no, it's not. It, it's absolutely not. It, it was just, it was a good match and it's going to go nowhere. And I was like, no, dude, you're wrong. This, they're going to see the potential in Andrade. He's going to be in the main event picture. Dude, how I was so wrong. Uh, and do I think he'll ever be on AJ's level? I don't think WWE see him that way. I really don't. The fact that I don't really remember this match should probably give my answer away. I don't really remember the match, but I'm going to assume if he had a really good match, like you said, with AJ Styles, then. Yeah, that should have been a good opportunity. But then again, they might have just seen it. Well, it's AJ Styles and he can have a good match with pretty much anybody and anything. But the thing about Andrade, though, is that they've been trying so hard to find their next Rey Mysterio. But I don't necessarily feel they've been giving, you know, the Latinos enough, you know, they haven't really given them a big opportunity to go out and try to become the next Rey Mysterio, the next Eddie Guerrero or whatever. And somebody, if you're going to have somebody do it, Andrade would be perfect for it. He would be perfect. And it's kind of disappointing that they haven't, you know, necessarily pulled the trigger on him. And right now it doesn't feel like they ever are. Unfortunately, he feels like he's getting slotted. And as much as I don't want to admit that, and I still have hope for him, uh, I think I might be wrong on this one. Um, it, it upsets me so, so much. It really, really does. It, it really pisses me off that he is not the one of the top guys in the company really irks me and i think at that point there as well again in 2018 whenever it was when he had that match with aj i was just like i was hoping beyond hope that they were going to make him a main event guy because he was so good in nxt and i loved the act with Zelina vega and i was like there's so much money here there's so much money in this guy being a star a he is incredible in the ring 
B, Zelina Vega is an amazing promo for him. C, he is charismatic out the wazoo. D, he's handsome AF. He's a good-looking dude. You can put that man's face on many, many posters. He landed he, Charlotte. He, yeah, right? Like, he is, he's such a good, you can, he will sell tickets. And they just kept slotting him. It's just like, now nah, you're just, you're on the show, but you're not really on the show. Really, so when he had one decent match, I was like, there it is. That That's the moment, guys. Now, we, now we're going to get it. Here we are. Two years later, still nothing. Pisses me off, man. It's unfortunate. Uh, it is. Jumper JJ says, hey, Team Danuke, watching the G1 and Wrestle 2 live streams and Suzuki versus Ibushi is why I love professional wrestling. My question is, what moments or matches make you love professional wrestling? Have a nice day. Jam that jam. Ooh. There's so many. I mean, I just had one when we were watching uh, NXT TakeOver 31. I thought that was such a great show, and that was one of my recent ones. I mean, then the ladder match that we just had with Sammy, Jeff, and AJ, that was another one. Uh, I think there's been a lot of recent moments where I'm like, oh, okay, this is why I watch wrestling. Like, this is good stuff. I think I feel that way whenever I see a good match. Whenever I see a good match, it doesn't matter what company it is. I'm like, all right, this is what I like. This is why I like watching wrestling. And I also get that a lot at live events. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've I've had it recently with uh, Eddie Kingston, like oh, Eddie Kingston, sort of like you know coming out and with the TNT title match with Cody. And when he came out and cut that promo on Cody, and then he had that promo on Twitter afterwards, I was like, oh, this is why I like wrestling. It's because the, like it's characters like this, like aw like awesome guys like this. And I'm I'm so thrilled that he's now in this main event picture with Moxley. And I'm so so into this feud. I'm so looking forward to their pay per view match, if they, uh, which I assume they're getting their pay per view match of Full Gear. And uh, yeah, like whenever whenever Kingston cuts a promo or whenever he's in the ring with Moxley, and actually Moxley's like rebuttal promos and stuff, I'm just like, oh, this is why I love wrestling. This is why I love it. It's just like two awesome, like two awesome characters that are going to beat the f out of each other. I'm so into it. It's believable. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Makovsky says, hello, Team Danuk. If you were given the opportunity to be Vince Tony for the day and you get to plan the next title changes for all of the main titles, um, who would be your current champions and when would it be? Um, so, I mean, he's got like every single champion here, but I don't think we've got time to go through every single one. Um, but yeah, I think for me at the moment, there are some titles I wouldn't change hands. Like I don't, I don't think it's the right time to take the title off of Drew. Certainly not the right time to take it off of uh, Roman Reigns either. Um, Moxley is probably the one I would change. Not soon. Uh, Kenny Omega. I think that if, if I'm fantasy booking this, Kenny Omega wins the tournament at, uh, that, that's culminating at full gear. He faces Moxley at Revolution, wins the belt there, and then you do uh, Hangman and Omega at Double or Nothing. Maybe even stretch it out further and do Hangman and Omega at uh, All Out 3 next year. That sounds like a good plan. I like your fantasy bookie. Thanks, man. I agree with you in the sense of like all the people that are right now should stay with their belts, except for Cody. I think that should that the TNT title should be for more of a younger guy. Just not like I'm not saying like, oh, it should just be for young guys or whatever, but it should be used as a way to elevate that young talent and take them into that next level and really put a nice focal point on them. And so I would go with Darby having the belt, the TNT, the TNT championship. Yeah, and there's such a lovely story there as well with his, like, you know, his past with Cody, you know, the time limit draw, then losing to him on Dynamite. and It connects like, very well. 
exactly so him getting the big win and winning that title at a pay-per-view i think that would be that'd be awesome i think that's a really good shout actually for full gear um even though cody's only just won the belt back i don't think it matters too much um also i do want to see uh sasha beat bailey for the smackdown women's championship at hell in a cell oh at hell in a cell yeah i mean maybe i'm putting too much emphasis on the fact that it's inside hell in a cell but i'm just like Surely that's the like that's the culmination of the feud, right? Like that's when you want to end this and have Sasha finally get the belt. Right? Well, maybe not because you can have Bailey just go like crazy in the cell and just like brutalize Sasha Banks and just make you feel so bad for her. So they can also go about it that. I mean, it all depends on whether or not they're really dragging this thing out to WrestleMania <laughs> or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of stoked for that match, but only because I have got such wonderful nostalgic memories for Brooklyn One. And like, you want to talk about matches that make you cry. That match makes me cry every single time I watch it. I, I get I get teary during the promotional video package before it. I get genuinely, me and Ollie reviewed it for the Patreon podcast and both of us was like, I cried watching the video package. And then like the finish of the match, I mean, it's like tears absolute tears watching that match i love it so much um so yeah are there any other titles that i would probably change hands at the moment i would change the AEW tag team titles too i'm not a fan of ftr i've said this a million (gasps) times knees i will not have to slander on this show ftr are great i would give it to uh to jungle boy and luchasaurus uh do you know what if if it's not gonna be um if it's not proud and powerful if it's not santana ortiz that it should be the Lucha Bros because the Lucha Bros are incredible and they, they aren't being used either. They should be much bigger stars in AEW. Holy heckins, they should be bigger stars. Oh, I mean, Ollie's running gag is it should have been Pentagon, but he's absolutely right. It should always be Pentagon. If like that's your, like, if you're the question is who should X be, it should always be Pentagon. Um, and lastly, Chris says, Hey, Team Zanuck, I really enjoy the show every single Friday. If you could attend any wrestling event in history, what would it be? As a big ECW fan myself, the answer is One Night Stand 2005. Keep up the great content, jam that jam. I've always said, um, All In or, or the very first uh, Double or Nothing. I, I think I'd have really loved to have been a part of that. But um, I've heard from people, you know, uh, fans of this show, uh, Alex in particular, who were front row for uh, Evolution and said that it was a it was the best wrestling show they've ever been to and the best wrestling audience they've ever been a part of. So that is also one that I would really like to have been there for. I had a different answer last time, so I'm going to change it. I'm going to say WrestleMania 17. That was the first WrestleMania that I watched like in live time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I would want to see it in person, especially because it was sort of like the, you know, the ending of the Attitude Era. They had a really good TLC match. Um, the Oh, the Undertaker Triple H match too. So mm-hmm. I have fond memories of that WrestleMania. So I would go with that one. Denise, I was going to wait and ask you this, but I'm very, how are you feeling, man? after your your accident last week your is your back better now so my back is was hurting probably i think the third day was the worst day like i was sitting on the chair that i'm sitting on right now and i was just like in so much not like in so much unbearable pain but 
discomfort more like it but i mean at the end of the day it could have been a million times worse i'm glad that it wasn't worse i mean me and my fiance are both perfectly fine so thank the lord for that um the car is done but you know we're dealing with insurance stuff which is not really that fun but you know life happens right we're just at the bad 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 timing, wrong place. And I'm just happy that we're okay. And also heads up for safety measures. Do not put your legs up on the dashboard because it is very, very unsafe. And I'm guilty of doing that all the time. And I had my leg up when the car hit and it's not a good thing. Do not put your leg up. I've never once put my feet up on the dashboard. Really? Uh, no, I do. My feet go in the footwell. Like that is what the footwell is there yeah. for. Oh, you know, I almost feel like it might be like a female thing. I only ever yeah. see women put their feet up on the dashboard, and I do it all the time. Like I lay down in the car. Like I'm just gonna be real with you. I lay down, and my fiance yells at me all the time. He's like, Denise, don't do that. Don't do that. If we get in a car accident. You could break your back. You could break your legs. And I'm like, you're being paranoid. Calm down. Nothing's gonna happen. And then bam, something happened. <laughs> <laughs> um actually literally so um moving on to a, a different thing that you and i talked about previously which is you know like british shows and british comedies and stuff i had this loaded i downloaded this last week and loaded it into the back end to show you and then i completely forgot to show it to you and i was what like oh it? dang dang i forgot to show this to denise so it's now been sitting in the back end here to show you remember we were talking about only fools and horses and like that is like peak british comedy for a lot of people like that is yes. the funniest thing that this show has ever done uh, this company company this country has ever done i've got a clip of only fools and horses to show you to show you like this is what many people think is the funniest thing that britain has ever done let's see it right, one second you see nowadays these modern euro birds they go for the more mature men who've made it in life yeah is that why we're having no luck <laughs> I haven't started yet. Just building myself up to it. Yeah, well, you better hurry up and be closing time soon. All right, all right. <laughs> I think we're on a winner here, three. All right. Play it nice and cool, son. Nice and cool, you know what I mean? <laughs> Drink, drink up, we're leaving. <laughs> and it's that, cute. And that is British comedy. He fell through the bar. That was cute. I was like, what's going to happen? I, I was expecting <laughs> something totally different. I wasn't expecting for him just to fall down and then just say, let's go. That was that was cute. I liked it. Like very it. cute. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Bunny Falls Norses. I think it's wonderful, mate. Uh, dude, what have you got planned for the weekend? Oh, I'm going on a road trip tomorrow. I finally you, have going? some good plans. I'm going to Santa Barbara. It's like about an hour or two away. It's a really nice, like, beachy town. And I've mm. never been to Santa Barbara, so this is my first time. So we're going to go out, have some breakfast, and uh, kind of go to, the, like, the wharf area and just really, you know, take in the breeze. I mean, none of us have gone anywhere, and we just really want some fresh air and something that is not – you know, our house and these same four walls. But uh, what do you have planned? 
Um, I don't think we've actually got much on this weekend. Um, there's someone coming around to take a look at our house. The person who's buying our house is coming around to uh, have a look and get some measurements done. But that's pretty much about it. Like, How was your meal? Got... Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, it was really, really great. Um, the only the only complaints I have about it, and I'm not placing any blame here, but my wife is uh, my wife's gluten intolerant, which means we have to buy gluten free buns. Uh, for the burgers because it just makes more sense for us just to buy the gluten-free stuff rather than buy gluten-free and regular stuff she's always said like if we ever had kids then i can have like you know regular bread again but gluten-free buns just aren't that nice and like i don't really i've never had it it well uh, the ones that the buns that we got were that sometimes they're okay but they were too thick like the there was not an there was too much bun to burger (laughs) ratio (laughs) what's wrong with too much buns luke I mean, I mean, I love bun as much as the next person, and I, I think that there's never such a thing as too much buns. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm dying. There's nothing so, wrong with too much buns. Oh, so mix a lot over here. <laughs> that is going to be your quote of 2020. <laughs> but, it was, but sometimes it was a bit too much fun but you know what it doesn't matter we had a great time watching the show the the how did this get made uh podcast special we had so much fun watching it we had such a laugh and i was thrilled to see that they used the exact same technology that we do uh to stream oh. the show they were using Streamyard, and like about sort of like 10 like 15 minutes into the show i just turned to my wife and i was like they're using Streamyards." And she's like, how do you know? And I was like, I, those, look at those graphics. Those are StreamYard graphics. We all know the StreamYard graphics, right? But okay, so so I got, I have to tell you, your five-course dinner meal got me in trouble, by the way. Why? I, I told my fiance that you and your wife cook each other. You guys take turns doing this five-course dinner meal. And he looked at me and he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, you don't even make me one freaking meal <laughs> I don't cook I don't cook okay like I don't know how to make anything and I got so pissed and I was like you know what I do cook for you when you come here I make you a sandwich I give you some chips I gave you I give you some ice cream afterwards you know that's at least three courses right there and sometimes you know what I even offer you candy so I'm telling that as a course so I was but he basically like was just like I can't believe that you're not ever going to make me a five course meal. And I'm like, well, why don't you make me the five course meal? Luke's making it for his wife too. So we got into this whole argument just because of you and your wife are doing a lot better in terms of the relationship scale. Oh, I'm very sorry that I caused a bit of a domestic argument uh, for you. But you know, Denise, you should maybe, okay, maybe you should be the pod to take the first step. If you want him to make you a five course meal, maybe you should take the first step and make him one. No. He has to do it first. We are in 2020. I'm tired of because I'm the woman. I got to be the one in the kitchen. I don't take any of that. He wants a five course oh. meal. He can start it off. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. And you're right. You shouldn't be uh, just expected to be in the woman. But like, it's all about that first step. It's about showing that to be like, because if you do it, then you can lay on the guilt. You can lay on the guilt. Be like, hey, remember that time that I made you a five? Remember that time? That I spent so many hours slaving away making a delicious five course meal for you. When are you going to do that for me? But Luke, even if I tried, I don't know how. Like, I'm the biggest dunce in the kitchen. Okay, like, horrible. Like, I'll stand there and look at the food and I don't know what to do. Like, people know how to cook and put things together. I don't. So, I, it just wouldn't work out. I, I, I put the first move by mentioning the five course meal. That was me <laughs> making the first move. 
when you when this is all over and you eventually come over to the UK, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you up in here. You can come stay with us, and I'm gonna cook for you. I'm gonna make you some amazing food. And I'm gonna cry because I love <laughs> a five course meal. Okay, I eat the same thing every day. What is that and same thing? I eat. This is really sad. I either eat like microwave food. <laughs> yeah, I eat microwave food like lean cuisine. Or I get takeout from Flame Broiler or Taco Bell or just like takeout in general. Or if my grandma's cooking something that I like, then I'll eat what she's cooking. But I usually like what she eats, but the problem is that it's like super fattening. So I try to get like a healthy thing at Taco Bell instead. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, you're so thin. Like you, and you eat so many takeouts and microwave food. Like how do you manage it? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I used to be a lot thinner, so I'm not that thin. <laughs> I gained weight, and it's been awful. And part of that is because I was eating too much fast food. I remember I last December, I did six days straight of Taco Bell. Wow. Don't ever do that in your entire life. Like, you will feel awful, and I felt awful. But you know what? Yeah. I did it. Lesson learned. When I was a, a freelance film critic, I, I – I tried to rid the world of Big Macs. I felt like I, I was just like on this like mission to like eat as many as possible because like I was I was a film critic and all of our screenings were like uh they don't you just start at eleven or they would start at like seven like it was always it was too it was always at midday so I couldn't have my lunch beforehand and then by the time like by the time I'd get home it'd be like three four o'clock so it's too late for me to have lunch so when the screening would finish I would just go to like. Mackie D's or I would go to Burger King and I would just eat something there and that became like my five-day routine was trying to like vary up what like takeout place I would go to and I man I was eating like McDonald's like five to six times a week I put on so much weight I'd get my large Big Mac meal my double cheeseburger whatever side that they were doing at the time and like I was putting on so much weight at that point and not only that heart disease but did you right? say Mackie D's yeah Mackie D's Mackie D's. Here we call yeah. it Mickey D's. <laughs> no, Mickey like D's, Mickey, man. like Mickey Mouse. You gotta get you going out some Mackies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go get a Mackies. Oh my god, that is so weird. <laughs> yeah, here, like you say McDonald's or like oh, I'm gonna go to Mickey D's, but nobody really says Mickey D's. Every everybody just says McDonald's. Yeah, no, go get a Mackies. Um, anyway, right. That is all we've got time for. Denise, you need to go to bed. Uh, you've got, you're the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment. You need your beauty sleep as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. As always, where can people find you on the social media? Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Please follow me. Almost at 10K on Twitter. Make her feel good, people. That is all we've got time for. Randy, Andy, Datsun, and Pete will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. And then Ollie and I will be doing Raw on Tuesday. All the usual good stuff. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.